we got told that there'd been a lot of businesses in that space, that it's haunted, we'd never make it. And here we are, you know, we're going on 42 years Monday. You know, I'm glad I stuck it out with them. Welcome everyone to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing the owner of one of the most popular bakeries in Sherlock and also a bakery that was named in the annual Sweetest Bakery in America contest a few years ago. So quite a great distinguishment here for a bakery here in the 209 and one that some of you may have already heard of. I know I heard it a couple of times being that I went to school at Stan State. So it'll be really interesting to learn more about the business and the beginnings of it too and how terry became owner after working there so quite an inspirational story i'm sure so uh, we'll be talking to her here shortly but before we get started if you have not followed the podcast on social media yet i invite you to do so you can find it at the 29 journey on facebook twitter instagram and youtube as well give it a follow especially on instagram because i am going to be doing some live shows from time to time on there and in about a week, I am going to actually be at the Stockton Cargo soccer match. It's going to be the very first game that they play. And that game is actually going to be happening on May 6th at 1 p.m. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, highly encourage you to go do so. Tickets are really affordable and they are going to be playing at Delta College. Nice venue as well. So check it out. If you like soccer, go check out the Stockton Cargo, support them. And if you are not able to, no worries, because again, I will actually be doing a short live show there on the Instagram page again at the 209 Journey. So follow it, check it out, activate your notifications if you want to know when I go live. Also, if you know someone who would like to be on the 209 Journey, or if you're someone who is listening now and would like to be on here, feel free to send me a message on the social media pages and let me know what your story is, uh, where you're from. Of course, being a podcast on all things 209, you'd either have to be born here or actually someone who moved here. And if you have a story to tell, which everyone has a story to tell, then I invite you to come on the show and just let me know when you send me the message, what you would like to talk about and also where you grew up as well. So I know um, what to reference at the beginning of the episode. So on episode 33 is Terry Coons. She's the owner of Old Time Pastries in Sherlock, California. She grew up in Modesto, and then she moved over to Ceres, Sherlock, and then back to Ceres. And she has quite an interesting story to tell, and I'm really looking forward to hearing it, in the fact that she actually started working at Old Time Pastries and then eventually became owner. So quite a motivational story for everyone listening here tonight. Well, welcome to the 209 Journey, Terry. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for uh, being on. Uh, I know we were talking about it offline, but Old Time Pastries is like one of the most recognized bakeries in the 209. Uh, I've known people that have gotten their pastries there and it's always really neat to pass by. It's it's a really nice building when, when you're driving by gear. Thank you. Well, I want to go ahead and get started by asking you a little bit more about what it was like for you to, you know, grow up in Modesto. I know you said you moved from like Modesto, Ceres, Sherlock, and then you're back at Ceres. So how was it like for you, you know, those years? It was good. I I grew up in the west side of Modesto and um, I graduated 
from Modesto High School in 1978, and I um, got out on my own around 79, and I started working, and I moved to Ceres, and once I got on with Old Time Pastries, that's when I moved to Turlock, and I love Turlock, but um, I I got married in 1985, and I um, moved back to Ceres and bought a home with my husband, and we started our family, and that's you know, that's where we were. Uh, but Modesto and Turlock have grown in leaps and bounds over the last few years. I remember back in high school and stuff, everybody was kind of close-knit and knew everyone. Now the schools are so big and there's so many of them, it's hard to keep track. And um, even when the bakery opened in Turlock, I think Turlock had a community of about 30,000 people. So it's grown crazy over the last few years and more shopping centers and everything. So, you know, our small town is not so small anymore. <laughs> Very diverse now too. I remember back in um, grade school and high school, you know, there wasn't a lot of different culture around. And now, especially Turlock is like the melting pot of culture. Everybody going to Stan State and what have you. We've got every nationality, every walk of life in Turlock. And and that's good. You know, people are more diverse and there's just a lot going on now around the area. Yeah. No, Turlock is, in my opinion, one of the best, uh, if we even call it small town still, right? But <laughs> one of we, the best We try towns. to call it small town, but yes, our small town is getting really large, <laughs> but yeah. diverse. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much construction. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. Right? They just got an Amazon distribution center yes. as well right yes. so it's yes. wow. there's quite a few big businesses in Turlock now so it's uh it's helping us grow and you know it brings in new customers and we like that and you know change is hard but change is also good yeah that's that's very true yeah. well i want to talk a little bit more about your interest in bakery before we get into old-time pastries like just walk us through like what, where that came from and how that was like before you uh, joined Old Time? Um, basically, boredom as a child. About eight years old, I um, was given a cake decorating book. Anytime I was bored or had time on my hands, I baked. And I baked for family, for friends. And um, I remember back, I was about nine, and I really wanted some of the items in this cake decorating book that uh, an aunt had bought me. And my dad told me, I'll buy them for your birthday, but you got to wait till your birthday, which was in October. And this was like middle of summer. And it's like, I didn't want to wait. So I got some odd jobs, cleaning houses, mowing lawns, washing cars. And I got enough money to purchase what I wanted out of this magazine to start some cake decorating. And then come my birthday, he paid me back. So, but he made me work for it, which set, you know, good uh, guidelines and, that's how I got started. And I just, anytime I was bored, we had snacks in the house, cooking cookies, uh, baking cakes, pies. And, um, I just loved it. I started, um, in high school, my, uh, foods teacher taught us how to do like pastries, pastry doughs and things like that, but she couldn't decorate cakes, but she knew I could. So my junior year of high school, I became the cake decorator teaching the other students how to decorate cakes. And, um, from there I just, you know, I loved it. And I started, once I started working for the bakery, there's a lot of trade shows available. And I put, um, every dime that I would make or save or what have you into buying new 
pans and new toys for the trait, you know? And, um, I was, I started, uh, working at 15. I had a full-time job going to school. Once you get a taste of that many, you just keep working, you know, you don't want to go elsewhere. I wish I would have gone to college. I did not. But once, like I said, once I got a taste of that many, I really wanted to work. And I, I started at 15. I worked at Kmart in series and I ended up going from there at just before 18. I went to the cannery in series also. And I was promised a full-time job there as a technician, like checking product and uh, kind of science kind of thing. And they promised the full-time job, of course, you know, once the slow season comes and they lay you off. And I didn't like being laid off. I wanted to work. And I had a, a cousin who worked at um, Pastry Express in Modesto at that time. And she asked me if I was interested in a cake decorating job. And it's like, I like doing it for fun, but I don't know if I want to do it for a living. And I got in there and I, I met the owners and I um, took on the job. And I was part-time, which I never worked a day under eight hours. But um, once I went to work for them... I was the low man on totem pole and I felt really, really slow. And, you know, when you do cakes at home, you can take all day long to do them. But when you're getting paid professionally to do them, they want you to speed through it and then, you know, more and more, more and speed up your time. So I slowly, you know, gained my speed and became the head cake decorator there after about a year. And that's, that's just kind of how I got into it. But I, my love has become, you know, a passion and, it's it's nice to be able to get paid for something that you like and not absolutely hate, you know, going to a job that you just, oh gosh, I just hate this job, you know. So, and I've always had the freedom when I first started to be creative. And um, that's one thing I like about the previous owner. You know, he gave us like full reign. If he didn't like something, he'd definitely tell us he didn't like it. But I do that now with my crew. You know, I try to give them reign to be creative and make things, you know, to their, what they like to do. And we could just kind of dole out, you know, one person might do this a little better. One person might do that a little better. And we just try to put people where they belong and feel the most comfortable. Well, well, that's, you know, one of those stories where things happen for a reason, right. And it didn't quite work out, but then you managed to go back to your passion and luckily you took that job, right. Because yeah, and you know, yeah. when, when they told me, you know, the full-time job and I started getting laid off, I really, I was ready to just like give it up. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to work two days a week and then have to go back and work another day a week or be laid off. I just wanted to work full-time and yeah, my cousin pushed me into it and I really didn't want it, but she pushed me and I, you know, I thank her now she's not with us anymore, but she really um, helped me along the way and taught me a few of the ropes and she had been a cake decorator for years with um, Save Mart Bakeries. And that's how mm -hmm. she met the previous owners before they took over old time. They had Pastry Express and um, it was a very big bakery in Modesto and things grew too fast for them. They started, uh, I believe in 78, I went to work for them in 79 and it just grew too fast and they wanted to slow down. So they sold it and they sold it with the intent of staying on for the new owners for five years. Well, that didn't work out so well because the new owner just didn't, he wanted to kind of run things in the ground and they had built a great business there. And we still have customers coming into our store now saying, Oh, I remember pastry express because it was the same owners. And, um, 
So I told them at that time, I'm going to quit. You guys aren't owners anymore. I don't want to stay here. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't care for the way the new guy ran it. And, you know, I was, it was home to me and I didn't want to lose that. And they gave me a little insight. Don't leave. We are going to open another bakery. He's broke our contract and we are going to go to Turlock. Please stay with us. So I stuck it out for a couple more months. And um, when old time was open in Turlock in 81, I went with them. So. Well, yeah, (laughs) that was a good connection to, you know, have with them. And I'm glad that they decided to open old time, right? Because there's nothing like those, you know, not just bakeries, but I think just small businesses in general that really value the customer and, you know, what they have going on and not drive things down like that owner did. Yeah, they always, you know, they always, always bought the greatest product they could get. They, they got the, you know, they were constantly going to other bakeries out of the area and finding new product, finding new ways to do things. They went to all the trade shows. And since I started with them, I started going out to all the trade shows and that's where you learn. That's where you grow. And that's where you find new ideas, new things that'll help you, you know, just, it was a good, a good thing. And I'm glad I went with them. Yeah. So when they open old time pastries, uh, just, Walk us through what it was like, like during opening day or just in general, like at the beginning, like were you guys getting customers from Modesto as well and from outside the area? We were uh, both. um, It was founded by Terry and Sherry Wagner and um, Terry, his dad had had bakeries throughout the years um, in Sonora, Sonora Oakdale, I believe area and uh, Lamore. He ran a bakery in Lamore and um, the two of them had met at Save Mart. They both worked for Save Mart. Terry's dad was the manager of the Save Mart bakeries. Back in the day, Save Mart had um, one central location and then they shoved all the stuff out to the other bakeries. So everything was done in one location and that's where they met. And they had um, moved out of the area and started a bakery in Kalinga. They took over a bakery that was in Kalinga and they decided they were too far away from home. They wanted to come back this way. And that's when they started Pastry Express and it got too big too fast. So they started the old time pastries in 81 and it was the two owners, Sherry and Terry and their daughter, Cheryl and myself. So it was just four of us when we started and we started, um, I don't know if you've been in our location, we were back in the corner and opening day it was nerve-wracking you know and it was how are we going to do this just four people you know what if it takes off really fast (laughs) and it did you know but we put in a lot of long hours and we put in a lot of a lot of days back then we were close Sundays and Mondays that way we could at least get our days off but he and I would start at um around four o'clock in the morning and then Sherry and her daughter would come in about six to start filling the cases and we did the back half they did the front half and we just tag teamed everything and I think the first day we sold out of everything really soon and it's we didn't know what to expect but we were at the time I think there was only one older bakery in Turlock uh, downtown area and he was you know he tried to stay away from other places and do his own thing and um it didn't take long for it to take off. We were uh, in the corner back there in the shopping center. And after a few years, we expanded one direction and you got more space because we soon outgrew it. And then a few years later, we expanded the other direction and 
because we outgrew that. And of course, by then we had two or three other bakers. We had lots of sales girls, lots of cake decorators at that time. And then when the front building came open in, it, we've been up there about 20, about 25 years now. When it came available, we moved up there because <laughs> for him, front close your front exposure was, you know, king. And uh, we got told that there'd been a lot of businesses in that space, that it's haunted. We'd never make it. And here we are, you know, we're going on 42 years Monday. You know, I'm glad I stuck it out with them. And I'm. they taught me a lot. I worked side by side with them for 35 years. You know, I, I took over six years, seven years ago, and um, I didn't want to, but he passed away about 12 years ago. She had been trying to retire for many years, and she had a couple of kids in the business at the time, and neither one of them really wanted to go forward with it. And myself, I was over 50, and you're not going to go anywhere and get a job over 50. And I had a, a husband with Alzheimer's at an early age, and I needed the insurance. I needed the insurance bad, and I knew if I didn't take it on, I'd have to go find a job somewhere. And most likely I wouldn't have a job with insurance. And I got to back up just a little bit. After we expanded three times and moved up to the new building, they had also opened a business, Old Time Pastries in Series. And they were there for quite a few years until the lease ran out and Save Mart didn't want to renew the lease because they were the owners of the shopping center. And then they had opened the Village Baking Company in Modesto and it burnt down. They reopened it. So their head staff came our direction and we, you know, we kept them busy till they could get reopened. Then they closed the series store because of the lease, you know, they sold the village bakery about 20 years ago. And at that time, anyone who had been with them for any length of time that wasn't just brand new, they fired. So I knew if she sold the bakery that I was at, I would get fired. So would half my staff. And I have several employees now that have been there 30 plus years, 20 years. That That's hard to take, you know. And with the help of my mom and uh, putting my house on the chopping block for financial, you know, mm-hmm. means, I took it over. And um, it's been hard. It's been rewarding. It's been long. It's been tiring. But, you know, I was able to keep my insurance. I was able to keep my job. I was able to keep the other employees with the job. And in return, I've got good help, you know, and an awesome crew that backs me up and is there every day. And just like me, just works and, you know, trying to make a living. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you got the opportunity. And like you said, it's difficult, but I think it's always really neat when you have someone who started working there since the beginning and then you transition to being the owner and making sure that the business continues. Because I think if we look throughout the 209, sadly, there's not that many businesses, right? That last like so long, especially with the new ones coming through. And when you have corporate businesses, they tend to drive it down. So it's, it's good. You're keeping the small business, you know, going. And you, they had a passion and they had a pride, which I do as well. And I always gave them 120% plus, you know, and, um, I, I would just, I would not want to see it go downhill. And I have a daughter working for me who will take over when I'm ready to retire, which might be tomorrow, 
you know, it's my time's coming soon. And um, she's got just as much passion as I do. And, you know, I hope that she can make it last many, many more years. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. You know, you, you can have someone else who can share the same passion and just keep, keep it going too, right? I mean, let's yeah. let's not lose those smaller bakeries because it's always nicer to go to a small bakery than, you know, go to a big store chain bakery where, you know, I'm not saying those bakers aren't that great. They might be good, but you just don't get the same level of service that you yeah, get in the small. When Costco came to town years ago, I can't even remember how many years, you know, my, the owner was afraid, oh my gosh, Costco is going to really hurt us. Well, Costco has a whole different, Costco is fast. Things are done only one way. They don't customize anything. And that's where we, you know, are different. We do customize, we do try to cater to the customer and, you know, we do try to incorporate their ideas and their feelings, you know, and we try to give them a good experience. And speaking of all the different pastries you guys bake, uh, what would you say is like the most popular thing that people request often? There's several. Uh, Chocolate Supremes. That's a chocolate cake with chocolate pudding and whipped cream, and it has piles of chocolate shavings all over it. That's one of our most popular cakes. Our uh, pink champagne is as well. It's a very light chiffon cake with custard, and it has pink shavings of chocolate all over the top of it. Um, Our pineapple cream cheese coffee cake is probably our most popular coffee cake, and that is a recipe that he inherited from the bakery he bought in Kalinga. And to my knowledge, no one else has that recipe. So um, we're pretty, you know, glad about that. And we don't share that recipe. We'll share other things, but we don't share that recipe. And it is a little difficult to make. We've only had a couple people on staff make it for us. And um, we just don't give that recipe out. And many have tried to duplicate it, but it's, there's a few little secrets and we just, (laughs) we don't tell. (laughs) But that's, no, that's our good. popular. Our, also, we have our little pockets. They're cream cheese pocket, and we fill them with apricot, raspberry, boysenberry, and guava. And um, those are really popular. They're just like a a small, like a one and a half by three inch, a couple good bites, and that's, they're very, very popular. We go through hundreds of them a week. <laughs> well, that sounds really good. Now I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that uh, over time, Old Times won a couple of awards, and I want to talk a little bit about both of the ones that you were uh, talking to me about earlier. First one being the Baker of the Year back in 1990. Like, tell me more about what that was like, uh, especially right you were working at the time. What was. what was it like winning that? It was it was really ecstatic. I mean, that's a huge award because that's. Uh, that's throughout the whole United States and that's through a retail bakery association. And, um, it was just, it was an honor, you know, I wasn't the owner at the time, but wow, what an honor, you know, I was able to go to all of the, um, they have every annually, uh, uh, every three years in Las Vegas, a retail bakery or a IBIE show, which is International Baking Expo, all kind of classes they do there, all kind of information, things that you can buy, uh, anything you need in the bakery association, they have it there. And we were presented the award at that show that year. And, um, you know, the owners were just ecstatic and I was very happy for them. You know, we 
throughout the years had been members of the California Retail Bakery Association. And we won numerous medals and awards back in the early 80s. That has since broke up. There is still an association in Southern California because there's not that many bakeries up this direction. But um, it's still there still is an association and we still belong to the Retail Bakery Association, the RPIA group. And every chance we get when it's not in Vegas, which is the one we go to, it's all over. It could be all over the United States. And in the 19, let's see, 2001, California, I competed in California to win a spot to go to Indianapolis to compete nationwide with all the other cake decorators. So first off, I had to go to Southern California and compete against a bunch of cake decorators there. And this, my boss sent me to, and um, I won that. So therefore winning that, the Retail Bakery Association paid my way to go to Indianapolis, which back there, it was two-day event. We had to decorate a wedding cake. We had to decorate like eight cakes with flowers. We had to do eight cakes with figure piping. We had to do a cutout cake. We had to do a cake with fondant. And on that uh, spectrum, I took uh, third place overall. I took a couple of first place awards and there was monetary wins too. And everything that I won my boss as his bakery won as well. And so did the California Retail and Bakery Association. So it kind of, everybody benefited from it. That was a, a neat experience. Would I do it again? No, but it was a neat experience. And then again, like you said, the other award that we won, and we've won many like best of the 209, best bakery, best cupcakes. You know, we've, we've won those throughout the years. We've got tons of those and we're very proud of them. The other award that you were mentioning, that was the... Sweetest yeah, Bakery in America? Yeah, and that was uh, put on by Dawn Foods. And they're a big uh, supplier for the bakery industry. Bakery, donuts, um, anything in the sweets area, they they supply, they're one of our main suppliers. And they tried to get us to do it. I'm like, I, you know, I really don't want to do this. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we were, you know, giving our customers props and telling them to vote for us. They had to do all the voting online. And um, I just thought, you know, we're not going to get anywhere with this. We're one little bakery in, you know, all of the United States. It's just not going to happen. And we did, we won that. So we were really, really proud. And, um, you know, we got a lot of PR from it. We started the little labels with bakery of the year and this and that, but it, it brought in a lot of customers. It, it brought the, the crew together, you know, the camaraderie, and we just had everybody, oh, vote for us, you know, vote for us. And then in the end, we, you know, we thanked our customers and had a nice big uh, ad. And I think we gave away some prizes and stuff then as well. So it, that was fun. Well, well, that's really awesome. I'm glad that you've gone through all that. And wow, I can't imagine like in two days baking so much in so little time. I could see why you don't want to go back, but like congrats yeah. on winning that. Yeah, it was, and it lasted about, I don't know, several months, a couple months or so. And, um, you know, you could see the tally board and you could see who was in first place. And so that was kind of neat for us too, to continually watching who our competitors were. So, <laughs> you know, it, we did good. I thought. Yeah. Especially because you said that like, there's not that many like small bakeries right now here in the area, sadly, right. but uh, you know, it makes it even more challenging. I'm sure. Right. Especially when you're trying to, uh, you know, get your supplies and all that. It's not as easily so accessible. That's a whole other issue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
I mean, again, the kudos to you guys for still, you know, keeping the business around. And, you know, I'm really glad that uh, all is good there. But uh, I want to know a little bit more about the future in terms of maybe business growth. Like, do you see all time opening like maybe another location, just like you said, uh, when like series had a location as well? Do you see that happening again or? That was my goal when I first took over. I really wanted to branch out, you know, and put another one maybe in Merced or back this back towards series or something. But since COVID hit, everything just kind of turned upside down. We lost a lot of help. Lucky for us, we were able to stay open. We couldn't bring the customers in. But since COVID, it has been a nightmare trying to get help in there. And the supply chain has been awful. I order cups with our logos on it. And the first time I ordered them, I got them in two weeks. The second time I ordered them, it took me six months. Mm. You know, I run constantly out of product and I can't even get ETAs on when I'll get that product in from my suppliers. They're having issues. It's just, a, you know, from the top down, it's been a nightmare. So to say I would do it, you know, one day I'm on the fence, let's expand, let's go. The next day I'm like, no, I want to retire. So yeah. I probably won't, but my daughter, she may, you know, when she takes over, we are outgrowing our space once again. And I know everybody comes in, they think we have this big, beautiful bakery, which we do, but we have absolutely no space. Our refrigerators, our freezers are just jam packed on the weekends and holidays are really rough on us. I don't know if you've been in, but we have makeshift shelving. We put up milk crates and two, uh, what is it? Eight by 12s and make our own shelving just to accommodate the customers and we eventually have to stop orders because you know we don't like to stop orders but we just literally don't have the space wow. we have a couple <laughs> of off-site uh storage units where we keep supplies that don't have to be refrigerated or like cardboard fiber things our boxes you know and that's even a pain just having to go get those but we learned through COVID and through the supply chain, we got an extra unit because we weren't getting in things. We were constantly, right now, I'm still on the computer a lot trying to find product, things that my suppliers that have had for 40 years are now running out of. What do I do? You know? So when you run out of flour, that's a bad thing. When you run out of sugar, that's a bad thing. And these are all things that we have ran out of in the last two years. So it's been a very big struggle the last two years. And help is the most. I just hired four people today. So I'm hoping that these four stick around and, you know, they seem like really nice girls. And I'm, you know, hoping that we can keep them. Well, well, <laughs> it seems like, uh, you know, a lot of businesses have first gone through that, right? With the pandemic and the supply yeah. chain hurting all that. And it's, it's really sad, right? That those things happen. And, you know, the whole space issue, it looks like you've been having it since day yeah. one too. And I guess yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good problem to have, right? It means that everything yeah, is somewhat, <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. But, you know, on with the supplies, you know, you don't want to run out, but we only can keep so much because we just don't have enough room, but you try to keep a little extra and it's just, it's, it's like pulling teeth right now, but starting to slowly come back around. And I'm hoping that eventually we can get things back to normal, but <laughs> You know, we try to keep everything local. We are dealing right now with um, getting a new filtration system for our coffee through um, Gretchen. Uh, I just drew a blank on her on her name. Uh, she has 
we buy our coffee beans from her, the best roaster in Modesto, uh, Clayton Coffee. And um, we have all of our fillings that we don't make in-house. We buy from Fresno Fruit Fillings, which is affiliated with Rob Ross Foods, and they have the best fillings around. They've been in business the same amount of time as us, and we've bought from them for many, many years. And, you know, their supplies are running out of things. They re- mm-hmm. We had a big... Sh- starch supply so with starch you can't make your fillings you can't buy your fillings you know it's just it's been one of those we try we buy the honey from tosta farms and we try to keep things local we're getting cherry uh, jam from uh, a lady in linden and you know we get as much as we can local so that we can help other businesses as well yeah yeah that's one of my favorite things about you know local businesses is when i see all that happen you know, that, that's one of the many reasons why I'm like, you know, we need to help them, you know, stay afloat, keep, you know, uh, spending our dollars locally because all the, all the bigger ones, I mean, they go the national way, right? They go right. through all these like big suppliers who at the end of the day, they don't really care what they put in their foods, right? And right. all the ingredients. So I'm glad that you guys do that. Yes, we do. Well, I'm glad that during the pandemic, everything went well. I mean, I know a lot of businesses, you know, went through closures and some of them sadly didn't come back, but how was it for you guys um, during that time? Like, like, what were you getting orders for? And, you know, once everything got shut down, like, how, how did you guys kind of respond to that initially? First off, I, I really thought we were going to have to close. So I went in and told the crew that morning, looks like we're going to have to close. And if we do, I'm sorry, go sign up for unemployment. There's not a darn thing I can do, you know, and I, I still didn't even have the business paid for. So there was a chance of me losing my home, you know, and by the grace of God, the grocery stores ran out of bread. So we sold more bread during the first two months of the pandemic than we've ever sold in 40 years at Old Time Pastries. So that helped us. Um, Everybody was canceling their weddings. So we gave back a lot of money those first two months. You know, when you take that money in and you have to give it back and then you don't know when they're going to repurchase, that was a huge hit to us. So we didn't know if we were going to withstand that. And we thought we've got to do something because we had all these huge cake orders, you know, Families were gathering, they'd order full sheets, big cakes. They went down to small single serving cakes. So we did a lot of small single serving cakes. We um, we decided, okay, let's let's do something for the kids. We started the cookie kits. Those went like crazy. We you know we'd put uh, about eight or nine cookies in a box, put the cake decorating uh, supplies with it, the icing and the sprinkles. That way they could do it at home because the kids couldn't go to school. They needed activities. We sold those like hotcakes. We could not keep enough of them during the holidays. My bakers were going crazy because it's like (laughs) stop ordering cookies. We we can't keep up. But, you know, we did whatever we could to make it through. We couldn't have customers in. We started the, uh, we had a, where they could park at the curb and we would take things out. The first holiday that that happened was um, Easter for us. And, you know, one little curb is not going to accommodate all of our customers. So we roped off the whole area over towards gear roadside and we had multiple signs put up so they could, you know, pull up. We just had 
steady flow of girls taking stuff out. And, you know, we had to space people out. It was awful, but, you know, we were able to stay open. Unlike a lot of our neighbors, you know, they had to close two or three times and everybody was relying all on all of this pandemic money. And everybody was pushing me, why don't you go sign up for it? And it's like, I am not going to sign up for it while we're still in business making money. When my neighbors are shut down, there's just no way. So we, we survived. We, we just had to reinvent things and um, switch things around a little and we just pushed through it. And, and like I said, now it's the supply issues, but we're pushing through that as well. And just, you just have to get creative. And we, we hope made a whole lot of new items at that time, single things, you know, things to go and um, just tried to uh, one thing um, Katie I think her last name is Ingram. She started the Turlock to go page. She was a godsend. Um, she had been a distributor for wine, I believe, and through a lot of the restaurants and she knew all the restaurants were shut down. So that's how they got started with the, you could get a bottle of wine to go and drinks to go and this and that, but she did a lot of posting and, um, all of us got on board with it. And, um, just helping each other out, giving each other props. Anytime we'd go out and I ate more out those two years that I've ever ate out, you know, taking it to go and just to help support the locals. Yeah. And I'm really glad that everyone rallied together, supporting yeah. all the local businesses, because I mean, that that was a time when you had to go out and buy more than usual, right? And make sure yeah, that you outside. could help them. Uh, nobody's ever eaten outside, but boy, <laughs> there was a lot of a tin. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, Turlock is a, a, tight-knit community even though we're growing everybody backs everyone so you know i give props to chamber of commerce and stuff for helping you know keep things running yeah well i'm glad that you know initially there was that bread issue and you guys were there to help out with that because i, I remember too i mean you would go to the grocery store and the shelves are empty for a while. <laughs> Another thing we did too. I mean here I've got it. You know, I've got flour, I've got eggs, I've got milk. Why don't we sell it? Oh. You know, because they couldn't get it at the stores and I I sold it for my cost. You know, I didn't make any money on it, but that brought them in cuz they knew I had it, then they would buy the bread and other things, but um I just stocked up on eggs, I stocked up on flour, I stocked up on sugar, and, and at that time we could get it you know but i stocked up on everything and i just put a sign out there and that also is what kept us open because we were accommodating not that we were a grocery store but we were helping you know people that couldn't get it at the grocery store yeah no and that was a really great thing for you guys to do that right yeah. because i think as someone who might be looking for something if you've maybe never been inside and then they actually helped you out at one time you feel like so grateful that I mean, I would be right. going back, you know, over and over again out to get my pastries from there because of the fact that it's like, hey, I remember you were there to help me out. Now I want to help you out. And if they're like me, you you want to help them out double <laughs> what exactly. you got helped out. Yeah. 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 It's if you get what you give and, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, we help the community a lot throughout the years with donations and what have you. And, you know, in turn, they come to us. And I appreciate that 100 percent. Well, I have one last thing, Terry, before I let you go. I know you're probably busy as, you know, you have all these things going on. But uh, I want to know, do you have any advice for anyone, especially in the Valley, trying to open their small business still? Because I think there's still potential for anyone to open their business, despite, you know, all these national stores coming along and whatnot. But 
what business would you give to someone who wants to open their business here and have an actual like physical storefront? Run, just, just run away and don't do it. No, um, <laughs> it, it's hard and um, it's not for the, the week. That's for sure. Um, you have to be a hundred percent dedicated, you know, for us, business is good. And we get a lot of feedback. We get, a, you know, we try to help out, it, but it's hard, you know, taxes, you've got overhead, you've got, this year, my labor is the worst it's ever been mm -hmm. just simply because help isn't staying. So we're constantly training, but, um, if, if it's what you really want to do, just put your hundred percent all in it, but don't think you're not going to get phone calls on your way home from work, phone calls in the middle of the night. Um, you know, when your bakers don't show up at midnight, you're going to get a phone call at midnight, which luckily I have some really good bakers. I don't get too many of those, but every now and then, um, but you have to be a hundred percent dedicated. If, if you're not, you'll never make it, you know, you, you just have to be dedicated and, and have good staff working with you. You know, I can walk away and I know that my place is going to be taken care of because I do have some very good key employees that have my back a hundred percent and they'll do whatever it takes to get it done when I'm not there, which I'm there most days. I, I do take two days off a week now, but when I first started, it was seven days a week, 12 hours a day, sometimes longer. And it's, if it's a passion for you, go for it. But if there's a lot, a lot behind the scenes that people don't see the insurance, the uh, liabilities, you know, there's, and California is tough on it, you know, so it's, it's hard, but you know, if it's what you want to do and it's your passion, I say hundred percent go for it because who doesn't want to work in the field that they want to be in, you know, get paid for doing something that you like. Yeah. And then that passion shows, right? Like I said earlier, when you go into whatever it might be, right? The bakery restaurant, just another small storefront, you could tell, right? As soon as you walk in, if it's a great place or if it's someone who isn't passionate, right? And don't be close-minded to new ideas and new trends because that's what keeps you up to par. You know, I have it, my daughter, she's, she knows all the new trends and what have you. And sometimes we butt heads, we butt heads more than we don't, but it's like, I was a little stubborn in the beginning. No, I don't think that's going to work. And she's proved me wrong. You know, we put in a new POS system and I'm not computer friendly, so I don't want anything to do with it. And I told her, if we go that direction, that's on you. Mm -hmm. So she's gotten a few phone calls in the morning at six <laughs> o'clock when she wasn't supposed to be at work because, hey, guess what? Mom can't get the computer sister working. So, you know, but she, that's what she wanted. And it has helped us out a lot because we only had one... Um, uh, card reader when I first took over one on the bakery side, one on the deli side. And now all of our registers have a card reader and we have a handheld one. So that expedites the time a little bit. People aren't in line quite as long. So she, you know, she's got a lot of good ideas and that was one of her good ideas. It's just, I'm too stubborn to learn how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy. I do other things. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's, that's understandable too. And it's always good to have someone else, like you said, who has that idea and they can implement it. And then it's like, all right, now it's on you to train. Yeah. All the future and he employees. does. He does yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you just have to be open to new things, new ways, and your way isn't always the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, things have really changed a lot. And I'm so thankful for credit cards now, right? Because 
you just take your card out. You don't have to worry about having the right amount of cash, and then yeah. you know you could you could spend more. Although sometimes yeah. that could be that could backfire. <laughs> but, See, um, I'm so yeah. old school. I write it in the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing too, right? I think, like I said, when you have a credit card, it's so easy to spend a little more than you were planning yeah. to, and then you're like, oh, okay, I didn't realize. <laughs> Until you get yeah. your bank statement, and you're like, oh, but it, okay. yeah, it does expedite <laughs> things a little bit faster. Well, Terry, uh, I won't take up any more of your time, but I really appreciate you uh, gave me this hour here to talk about the business. And next time I'm in Sherlock, I'll stop by and check you guys out. I know, like you said, you're expanding all time and the storefront's changing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, going back to Sherlock, checking it out on, on my way, probably to Stan State to walk back through my uh, good old campus. We'll stop in and say hello and have a mocha or a pastry while you're there. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I'll probably go in the morning, too, because I, I I like to drink my coffee in the morning. Well, good. good. Awesome. Well, take care. Have a good night. And uh, we'll be talking shortly, hopefully, whenever I go. All right. Thank you so much. Well, once again, thank you to Terry for being on the 209 Journey podcast. It was really awesome to hear more about the story of all-time pastries and how she became the owner of the business. and. As I mentioned earlier, it's always really neat to see small businesses thriving despite all the challenges that come about and seeing them continue to grow year by year is really phenomenal. And I hope we're able to expand. It would be really awesome to have one here in Modesto as well, just like she mentioned that the previous ownership had a business in Modesto at one point. So best of luck to Old Time Pastries. Hope that they get that. But If you haven't been to their bakery yet, I highly recommend you go check them out. You can find them at 2225 Gear Road in Sherlock, California. For any of you who might not be as familiar with Sherlock, Gear is the most popular street in Sherlock. So it's definitely one that you got to check out if you ever are in Sherlock. And if you're trying to find their location, it's basically right past the McDonald's on Gear. You'll see it right there. It stands out when you pass on gear. So I'm really glad that in all the different moves that they had throughout that center, that they were able to actually get that location and that they went against the odds that she mentioned earlier of business is not doing good in that corner and they are thriving in that side. And it really helps out any business being able to have so much real estate and to have a prime location where anyone driving by can easily see the business and I certainly always see it every time that I'm on Gear Road. Also, if you want to look at some of their pastries and all the different varieties that they have, also if you want to look at all the variety of pastries that they have, go check out their website, otpastries.com. They have their cakes, cupcakes, cookies, etc. on there. And if you want to see all the different kinds that they do, check it out. It's really neat to be able to see all the pictures of what they have there and also if you want to follow them on their social media pages they are on facebook and instagram and youtube just search for old time pastries and that's time with the y and old has an e at the end pastries so old time pastries on there give them a follow and if you want to make a custom order you can actually give them a call at 209-668-0928 or actually go to the bakery itself as well of course And now you could probably expect to see the new episodes each week actually be on Thursday evenings, potentially Friday mornings. So 
If you haven't followed the podcast yet, give it a follow so you can actually find out when new episodes are posted. That should notify you right away. I know one of the places that I do for podcasts is Spotify. If you follow it on there, it'll notify you once the episode's been posted. So definitely take advantage of that so that way you find out when a new episode is available. Well, thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode tonight. Greatly appreciate the support. I have more episodes if you'd like to listen to them, if it's your first time hearing me. And I invite you to also check those out and greatly appreciate all the support that I've received on social media and also with everyone who's listened to past episodes. I do see numbers going up. I see the number of weekly listeners going up and I really greatly appreciate that, especially when I go a couple of weeks without posting episodes. I still saw people listening to older episodes, so hope some of you were able to catch up on (laughs) some of the episodes while I had my little mini uh, vacation there. But we are going to be continuing this on on a weekly basis. And again, if you know anyone who would like to be on the show, send me a message on any of the social medias for this podcast at The 209 Journey, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, everyone, I hope you have a good morning or good night whenever you might be listening to this. And you'll hear me next Thursday here on The 209 Journey Podcast.